Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. Herbs are easy to grow and they're attractive plants for your landscape. My guest, Judy Barrett, who has a long career as an author and expert in organic gardening, says herbs are more than just pretty plants. They have a lot of uses and flavoring food is just one of them. Judy Barrett is well-known in the gardening world. She was the founding editor and publisher of Homegrown Good Sense Organic Living for Texas. She was the editor of the New Garden Journal and one of the hosts of the public TV series The New Garden. Her columns on gardening appear in Edible Austin, Acres USA, Harris Old Farmers Almanac, and other publications. In addition to magazine articles, Judy Barrett is the author of several gardening books, including How to Become an Organic Gardener in Seven Easy Steps, What's So Great About Heirloom Plants, When Good Gardens Go Bad, and another one of her books that we'll talk about today is titled What Can I Do With My Herbs? I want to start with finding out what was the inspiration for this book? Well, At one time, I had a little nursery at my home in the country, and I sold a lot of little herb plants, four-inch herbs, which people would buy and take home. In a few months, they would come back and say, my herb has gotten really big. I don't know what to do. And so I found out through that experience that people feel like if they have an herb, they need to do something with it, unlike roses, which are also herbs, but unlike shrubs or trees or vegetables, they know what to do with them. Sometimes nothing, sometimes eat them, but herbs just confuse them and they feel like they need to do something. So I was publishing Homegrown at the time and I started a column called, What Can I Do With My... And every month it was a different herb, rosemary, thyme, whatever. Um, And After I'd been doing that for a while, I thought, well, this could be a helpful book. And so I approached Texas A&M Press and said, what do you think? And she said, sounds good to me. And that's where it all began. That's right. Six six books ago. So what exactly is a herb or an herb? Well, it has to be an herb or a herb. (laughs) A herb. Um, (laughs) Yeah. An an herb is generally defined as a plant that is a multitasker. It can be used for ornamental, can be used for food, can be used for medicine, a lot of different things. Most plants are either food or ornamental. And pretty much the big in-between that includes all of those things and lots more are herbs. And then is a herb different from a spice or are they... The herbs are the leaves of the plant that you use. And the spice are the dried part, seeds, bark, root. Sometimes they're the same plant. Mm -hmm. You know, you use cilantro leaves and the seeds are coriander. Right. So, yeah, it's just kind of a somatic Different parts of the plant. Yeah. 
Getting back to the title of your book, What Can I Do With My Herbs, let's talk about some specific herbs. We have different herbs used for different purposes. Can you give us some examples of some that are used in cooking or for medicinal purposes? Yeah, there are a lot of herbs. Usually people think of cooking when they mm-hmm. hear about herbs to begin with. And there are a lot of herbs that are great to use in cooking. Some herbs are not edible. So you got to know what you've got before you start. But many of the herbs that are good in cooking are also good for you. Um, Ginger is one example. Ginger is great in a lot of different cuisines. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a bright, spicy tasting um, food and you actually use the root of the ginger plant, so maybe it's a spice, but you grow the herb, so we'll call it an herb. Um, And you make gingerbread cookies, and you make all kinds of things. Um, It also is a great stomach settler. Mm -hmm. And I've had people who have been going through chemotherapy tell me it is more effective on the nausea than any prescription they've tried. You know, that's anecdotal, and I've yeah. certainly done no research, but I have had that yeah. story told me on more than one occasion. Um, a lot of people take candy ginger with them when they travel and chew on it if they get air sick or seasick or mm-hmm. whatever sick they might be getting. Right. So that's one that works as both medicine and food and ornament because it's a pretty plant and, and has an interesting flower. Um, Calendula is another one. It's a flower that blooms in the wintertime here in Texas, Um, but it's also a medicinal plant. Um, They make calendula ointments and lotions that's good for your skin. Um, The leaves and flowers are edible. Throw them in your fruit salad and they're really pretty and bright and tasty. Um, There are a whole lot of them that you can use for a lot of different things. Mullen is a plant that I like to grow. It's not real common in gardens because it's kind of a rowdy plant that once it gets established comes up everywhere. Um, And it's a wild plant in many parts of the world. It is one that they don't recommend that you eat. Mm. It's... um, kind of a overly alkaline plant, um, but they do make teas, which are used to for coughs and other upsets. The plant has been used for centuries by soldiers marching across the country, and they pull off the big woolly leaves and stuff them in their shoes to huh. keep their feet from being so sore. Um, it's good for aches and pains and scratches and bruises and all kinds of things you run up against in the garden. It will draw out splinters or stickers or things like that. One of my favorites. Wow. Um, and it will plant itself all over the world if given half a chance. So those are some, some that are multifunctional. How about some that most people are familiar with, like rosemary and thyme? What can people do with them? Well, rosemary and thyme, you can make a tea out of either of those, and they're good for colds and coughs. Rosemary's new claim to fame and old claim to fame is that it helps keep your brain active and 
and is uh, the herb of remembrance so that it encourages your memory to keep working. Um, <clears throat> just smelling rosemary, they say, will improve your memory. Um, you can also make a tea and put it in your bath and it's relaxing and healing if you have aches and pains and, mm-hmm. and things. Um, thyme and rosemary both have antibacterial properties. Um, so you can mix them with vinegar to make a good general purpose household cleaner. Um, and I always think rosemary is the herb of choice for decorating at Christmas time because it yeah. smells good and it looks good and and it once you pick it it stays looking good for a long time. Um, so I love rosemary and I make um, a salt called it's a, the recipe I got to begin with is Tuscan salt and it's rosemary and garlic and some other herbs ground up with salt and it's just great multifunctional flavor for yeah for everything so there are lots of lots of things you can do you're listening to mothering earth my guest today is judy barrett who is an author and expert in organic gardening uh and uh we're talking about herbs um so another very popular herb, I think, is sage. What can we do with sage? Sage is is one that we don't use quite as much. We use sage at Christmas and Thanksgiving or whenever we're making turkey and dressing. Um, And then sage is often used in sausage and that and spicy meat combinations it it kind of cuts the grease in the meat somehow the flavor is is good for that um it's also an herb that i've seen on some cooking shows people have become fond of frying the leaves and using them as condiments or I'm, I'm not sure that's not something i've ever done but it sounds like a, an idea it's also really a pretty flower. I really enjoy it when it blooms. It's blue and and a, a nice flower. It makes a good bath tea for aches and pains and colds. The aroma, it's sort of like rubbing Vicks on your chest, but without the goop. Um, and if you make a tea out of it, you can either put it in your bath and soak in it or sip it, or both, yeah. um, and it's good for for colds and any kind of head congestion. It, it helps loosen it up. Right. Is it uh, one? Is it one that's easy to grow? Most herbs are easy to grow if you grow them where they want to be grown. Um, most of the herbs we grow are native of the Mediterranean area and they like heat and they like dry and they don't need particularly great soil. So that makes it better for yeah, those of a, us who have that in our garden to begin with. Yeah, great reason to grow. <laughs> that's right. Um, and so they mostly need sun. Um, they can all take a little bit of shade. Um, in the middle of summer in the Texas heat, Anything can take a little bit of shade, but mostly they like full sun. Mostly they don't need much water, just 
whatever falls from the sky if they're outside. Um, I grow sage in a pot mm -hmm. and I grow rosemary in a pot um, because I have heavy clay soil and they don't like that as much as they like looser, faster draining soil. Um, but my neighbor across the street grows rosemary in the ground and it does great. So they're, they're very adaptable. Um, basil is another one that most people really like. Unlike the others, basil is an annual, so you have to start over again every spring with it. You're listening to Mothering Earth. My guest today is Judy Barrett, an author and expert in organic gardening. We're talking about herbs and their many uses, but right now it's time for a break. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm here today with Judy Barrett, author and expert in organic gardening. And today we're talking about herbs. So um, you'd mentioned earlier uh, garlic. How, how difficult or easy is it to grow garlic? Let's talk about that. Garlic is quite easy to grow. It needs to be planted in the fall. Um, it's best if you can find a source of organic garlic, the garlic, <clears throat> the garlic you find at grocery stores has usually been sprayed with some kind of chemical to keep it from sprouting. And it's not gonna grow unless it sprouts. So find some from, you can order them from catalogs, of course. Um, if you have a neighbor, all the better, because you know it grows in your climate, in your place. Um, and so when you have a, a bulb of garlic, all you have to do is pull it apart into individual cloves and poke them in the ground. Um, <clears throat> the pointy end should be up and they should be, oh, I don't know, the length of a finger mm -hmm. deep in the ground. Right. Um, put them in in October. They'll grow through the winter. You'll have nice greenery out there when nothing else is, is growing very well. And then in the spring, most garlics will send up a flower stalk. And when that happens, it's almost time. And when it starts looking a little ratty, then it is time. And you pull them up and lay them on the ground for a day or so, unless it's raining. Yeah. And let them sort of dry out. And then you can clean them off and store them however you decide to right. store them. So you cut off the stalk. You cut off the flower stalk. And <clears throat> there are two different kinds of garlic. There's a hard neck and a soft neck. The soft neck you can braid into those lovely garlic braids. Um, a hard neck, you're more likely to just put them in a mesh bag or something like that. I put them in a basket um, and then use them as you're ready. Keep them in a dry place and that's all you have to do. So that flower head, um, the little, you know, like little individual flowers, can you plant those or what, what are those? Well, or can you eat it? You can eat it. You probably don't want to though, because they're, 
they have the garlic flavor, but they don't have any substance. They're kind of husky, um, and they're not true seeds. Um, so you really need to plant from the bulb. And you can cut those. I cut those, and dry. they dry naturally, and I put them out on the porch in a, in a vase and use yeah, them for a dried flower. You want them out on the porch until they're good and dry because they do smell very garlicky. And so if they're in the house, they'll they'll scent the whole house. Um, but I love garlic. We eat a lot of garlic. Um, I got my garlic from the side of the road when I first moved to the country. I saw a stand in a ditch and I stopped the car and we got out and looked around. And I said, I know this is garlic. So I took it and brought it home and asked one of my neighbors, is this garlic? And he said, yes, that's that old ditch garlic, unless it's a death lily. Hmm. So I had to look up death lily at that point. And in fact, there is a death lily and they look a little bit like onions and they grow wild, but not around here, mostly in swamps. But I did learn that if you have any doubt, all you have to do is smell it. If it smells like an onion or a garlic or anything like that, then it's not a death lily, so you don't have to worry because it has no smell. But I've, I've grown that garlic year after year, and that's been about 25 years, I think, since I found it. And I've moved, yeah. and I've taken it with me every time, and it's... I love it. It's yeah. my favorite. And I've tried other garlics, but I really like that one. There are lots of different varieties, and they have different flavors, and they have different degrees of heat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, experiment till you find one you like. Now, how about something like bay leaf? Bay leaf? Bay leaves are great. They grow on a large bush if you plant them in the ground or they will grow in a container. Um, You can train them as topiaries. They're very adaptable. They require no care whatsoever. They just grow on their own and you just go pick some leaves when you want them. They're great to bring in the house and use in arrangements because they're evergreen, they're pretty, um, and they are looking good at a time of year when nothing else looks good. Um, so I really like bay trees and I've, I've been real happy with mine and paid no attention to it except when I go out and yeah. <clears throat> speak well of it and pick a few leaves. Um, but you know, roses are herbs right? and they have been used medicinally and in cosmetics, of course. Right. We all have rose flavored something. Right. Um, and the scent is very important, and they are herbal, herbal plants. And a lot of plants we don't think of right off the bat are considered herbs. Garlic is an herb. Right. Peppers are herbs. Peppers? Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. Because, mm-hmm. again, they have various functions, and one of them is medicinal. Um, <clears throat> and so... There are lots of different herbs and lots of different things you can do with them. And it's fun to, to learn about herbs 
even if you don't grow them. And it's fun to read the stories because they go back mm -hmm. for centuries. You know, people have been relying on herbs to take them into the Punic Wars and make them <clears throat> victorious. And whether or not they worked, they have the story that goes with them. And right. they're all, you know, herbs are in Shakespeare and herbs are in every culture. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to find out the stories. And because they began as wild plants growing out in the field, um, everybody had access to them. And that's another reason why they're so easy to grow. Yeah. Because they never did have a whole lot taken care of. So are there any herbs that are bothered by pests or diseases? Not much. Mostly pests hone in on their target, depending on the scent. And many herbs have strong, strong scents, okay. and they don't like them. Um, I have never had an herb, I think, that got a disease or was, you know, something will eat, nibble on anything, but, you know, and they might take a few bites, but they, they will not destroy a plant. And so that's one thing you really rarely have to worry about with herbs. They're yeah. tough enough that they don't. They do, if they flower, they're very attractive sometimes to the predator insects and to the pollinators. <clears throat> so they're good to have in the garden for that reason. You know, something like fennel and dill are eaten by caterpillars. But my approach to that is to figure they get some and I get some. And caterpillars are easily moved. If they get on my dill, then I'll put it on their dill. Or I plant dill and fennel, and I don't actually want any fennel. So I let oh. the caterpillars have all of that. Um, yeah. That's, you know, I don't, I, don't th I don't guess I think of that as a pest. I think of that as a friendly critter coming in and yeah. having a little snack. One of the things I, I, I like to remind people is that herbs are really great landscape plants. You don't have to be planning to cook or make medicine or take a bath or any of those other things. They look good outside in the garden. And that's, <clears throat> of course, one of the reasons we grow roses is because they look good. Um, and the other things are, are added benefits. But... Rosemary are great landscape plants for areas that are hot and dry and rocky and don't want to grow anything. Um, lavender grows well in hot, dry, rocky. And thyme grows well in hot, dry, rocky. So using them as problem solvers in the landscape is, is a good idea. And people don't think of herbs first. They think of Shrubs or, Shrubs or right. you know, horrible things like privet and things, you know, foreigners. Um, but, um, yeah, so they're good for that. And I, I like to encourage people to use them in the landscape whenever possible. Um, and then you get all the other added benefits with no extra charge. Um, but you don't necessarily even have to. 
I mean, you don't necessarily have to use it for cooking. No, you, you don't have to use, use it, it as for a anything. Landscape. You use it as a, a good-looking landscape plant. And that's true of trees as well. There are some herbal trees. There are herbal vines. There are herbal bushes. We, we mentioned the bay tree. I started this year for the first time growing elderberry, ah. which is a, a plant that is native to this part of the world. But I had never grown them before, and it's used medicinally, and it's used to make wine, and it's used a lot of different ways. One of the things I, I would like to mention is that, you know, people always ask about the medicinal uses. I think it, you need to distinguish between the living plants that you can grow and that will make you feel better if you make a cup of tea, and the things you take as medicine, like the pills and stuff like that. It's, in that case, it can have interactions with other drugs you're taking. Once you start buying these preparations and things, you need to find out about them. I, I'm not saying they're bad, yeah. because I don't think they are, but I think you need to not assume they're harmless just because they're herbal-based. Thanks for listening. You can find Judy Barrett's books at bookstores, online, and on her Facebook page. And please send any comments or suggestions to me at gardentoad at vcs.com. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. Music